Welcome everybody to another Film Friday here on the Dunkin' with Dom pod. I'm your host, Dominic Chapone. We have two lovely guests on the pod today. First off, Hannah Gardner. Hannah, this is your second pod. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And Dan, it's been months upon months, but we got you on your first pod episode. Welcome to the Dunkin' with Dom pod. Hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> Alright, uh, Hannah, we're going to start with you. Uh, obviously today we are doing Space Jam for a movie released in 1996. Michael Jordan and a whole cast of characters. Uh, I know you've seen this movie a couple times before, but we could start off with general thoughts. What did you think about this movie, Rewatching it, all that sort of stuff? I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen this movie in maybe 10 years, if not more. So I feel like I was kind of going into it fresh again, if that makes sense, because like, you know, like a new set of eyes, I guess. Um, honestly, I really liked it. I will say I was kind of bored for the first, like, maybe 10 minutes of it, but definitely speeds up really quickly. Um, some of the humor and, like, like the fat jokes or, like, stuff along those lines where I felt like we're a little bit dated. Like, I felt like a little bit inappropriate, I feel like, given, like, the current, like, world and everything, but at the same time, it was made in, like, the late 1990s, so, like, it's something you just kind of have to look past. Yeah, you bring up an excellent point, or a couple, actually. So first off, similar to you, I've only seen this movie like two or three times, even though it's, you know, one of the best movies in 1996, ranked up there, all that sort of stuff. Popular because obviously, you know, Looney Tunes, you got, you know, obviously the greatest basketball player of all time. But you do bring up a good point, though, that like, it kind of is one of those movies that's rare where it starts off slow and then, you know, picks up throughout. Because uh, most of the films that obviously we see... They usually give a strong start. It kind of dies down a bit, then picks up again. This one kind of does the opposite. It kind of does like slow and dra- slowly drags you into it and then brings you into it. Uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on this movie, uh, rewatching it? Uh, I like this movie. I haven't seen it, like like you guys, I haven't really seen it all too many times. But, you know, I've always been kind of like, even before I'd seen it, I was aware of it. I knew it was a thing. I think I'd heard the theme song. Uh, a million times before seeing the actual movie <laughs> that's like that's iconic like if you've never seen the movie i you've probably heard the theme song um but overall you know i think for what it is it's a good movie yeah you can't really look too deep like you don't want to watch it if you're looking for like fine cinema experience you know it's michael jordan playing basketball with the looney tunes <laughs> you shouldn't be looking for anything too deep so for what it is it's really fun um one thing i noticed like first and foremost um uh, maybe it's just because I had watched um, the new Looney Tunes, uh, the new uh, uh, Space Jam film. Space Jam, yeah, that's. <laughs> I'd watched the newer Space Jam, but I think it was um, Bugs and Daffy's voices. Just to me, at least, seemed a little bit weird. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. Then I thought like they sounded a little bit too deep, which is strange because Bugs Bunny in this movie is voiced by Billy West which is he's one of the greatest voice actors of all time second only to bugs bunny's original voice actor himself so i thought that was really strange but maybe that was just me i think i kind of just thought of that myself it definitely, uh, was. It definitely was just you because you're a loser <laughs> nice. wow <laughs> so how, how, how long are we into this already and she's already this bad we're not we're not <laughs> we're, we're not even five minutes in so <laughs> not even five minutes in that's, that's a record. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan brings up a good point. The music is pretty iconic in this because there's the the uh, I Believe I Can Fly and Fly Like an Eagle. Those two songs are like two of like the most iconic songs of the 90s, especially the I Believe I Can Fly uh, like parts oh, yeah. with the beginning oh, yeah. and the end. Um, yeah. And then the other thing you bring up, which is super interesting, is the whole thing with the 
the Looney Tunes themselves and who voices Bugs Bunny and all those people because the the Looney Tunes history is super interesting and I want to get into it in a little bit, but the Looney Tunes themselves are some of the most iconic cartoon characters I've ever. I mean, had, I don't know if you grew up watching any Looney Tunes characters or at least like knew about it, but did, did, was that part of your childhood or not really? So I was not like big on the Looney Tunes characters, like watching them as a child, but at the same time, they the Looney Tunes, so like you know of them, like at least like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, like all the basics, Lola Bunny even. So <laughs> while I was not necessarily versed in the world of Looney Tunes, it's something that you can easily jump into at the same time. So watching Space Jam, like even if you've never seen Looney Tunes, it's not hard to like understand the vibe of each character as a whole and understand like what's been going on, like for however long it's been around. Yeah, and I think, uh, Dan, the other good point you brought up uh, that's pretty fascinating is that this isn't a movie. It's what makes it pretty ironic because this movie, as you put it, isn't a a movie masterpiece. Like, in fact, in ratings-wise, it was kind of like above average. It got props for, you know, the animation because it's really, really good. The blending live action with, you know, all these animated, you know, cartoon characters. But it did lose points on the acting and the... Uh, actual like story and all that sort of stuff. In fact, the Looney Tunes guy, like one of the main creators, hated the movie just because of how it was portrayed, which is pretty ironic. And that's funny because the new Space Jam, which I definitely want to cover with you guys as well, that's also the criticism. It's that the older people hate it and the younger, you know, 13 to 21 year old generation like loves the movie to death. And I think that's like a pretty interesting thing. And it really shows the legacy of this movie in 1996 and how it uh, definitely repeated in 2021. Um, just to provide a little bit of backstory here. So this movie obviously released in 1996. You might, if you guys don't know the Michael Jordan story, cause I, I know Dan, you're a little bit of a sports fan and Hannah, you're not so much at all, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but uh, taking place in between his retirement. Cause in real life he had retired a bunch of different themes. I want to get into later. Uh, I want to read off a list of movies here because this movie is kind of building off the legacy of not only Looney Tunes, but also cartoon characters that a lot of us grew up with. So the Looney Tunes were created in the 1930s, surprisingly. And I think people forget that it's an old cartoon. And I think, Dan, like that history of the Looney Tunes, like it being made that far back, it really does showcase how they were still popular even like as late as the 90s and even nowadays. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think what makes this very interesting is that it was these Looney Tunes characters were created during the golden age of American animation, as they call it, which was about a 30 year stretch between the 30s and the 60s. So here are the list of movies that came out during that time. And you guys can ex- see how loaded the list is. It's got Snow White, Dumbo, Bambi, Pinocchio, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Fantasia, Lady and the Tramp, 101 Dalmatians, Winnie the Pooh and the Jungle Book. And that doesn't include three of... I know some of y'all's favorites, but all of the Mickey Mouse characters, Warner Bros. Looney Tunes, and Tom and Jerry, the, like, OG cartoon. And the Tom and Jerry one I did not know, which is pretty funny. I know, Hannah, you got an expression on your face. I think you are a huge Tom and Jerry fan, right? Oh, yeah, I love me some Tom and Jerry, especially <laughs> the classic one. Yeah, those are the fun ones. And I think what makes this movie so interesting is that this is kind of like a rebirth of the Looney Tunes. Because after the 60s, there's, like, a dead period between the 70s and the 80s where Walt Disney dies... Disney kind of takes a little bit of a tumble for about 20-ish years. Warner Bros. isn't really releasing anything in the movies because, you know, cartoons and movies don't really get along just yet, at least in theaters when it comes to box office money. And here comes Michael Jordan. And, I mean, Dan, you could start with this one, but Michael Jordan 
basketball wise aside, is easily one of the most popular American figures to date. And this movie was a good way to rebrand him, but also like elevate this movie status. Oh yeah, definitely. The whole um, I won't say the whole premise of the movie, but actually the one of the main driving forces behind this movie getting made was actually a commercial yes. featuring the Looney Tunes in the same similar way that the movie has, which is really interesting. I, when I found this out. And to back off your point, the director for this movie actually only made two movies ever in his life. One was in the 80s, and then this movie, and that was it. He, he only worked for commercials, and I went against that history in just a little bit. Um, Hannah, I mean... Oh, wait, Dan, you want to say something? No, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, I mean, you know this yourself, but Michael Jordan, like, being obviously a huge basketball figure, greatest player of all time, I, I you know I love him to death, but him being in this movie as the star really showcases how some sports figure can really become a popular icon in pop culture and like in, in the United States as a whole. Yeah, that was definitely very interesting because speaking from someone who's like not very big on sports, obviously everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. He's an iconic figure, not even just for like sports, but just in general. And so I think the fact that he was able to show a different side of himself, as far as I know, um, to the general public, being more goofy and willing to like try new things, I think was very good for his career because he's amazing at basketball and we see that. So being able to show a different side of himself also portrays further to the audience, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, and the funny thing about this is that you always, you bring up the whole legacy part of it. I, I think Michael Jordan's underrated legacy is that he was able to, in a span of three-ish years, retire from baseball for about a year and a half, come back and play part of that season, then reshape his body from baseball body to basketball body, film Space Jam, which was the 10th best-selling movie in 1996, then lead the Bulls to a title. Like, I'd argue that him doing that in between, I mean, Dan, I mean, don't get me wrong here, but doing that in between that three-year stretch, all those activities, is pretty telling of how great Michael Jordan is. Like, forget the basketball stuff, but even, like, as a person. That's, like, superhuman. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> imagine, oh, it really is. <laughs> I can't imagine going from two different sports to, like, a, a short, yeah, but, like, an acting, like, small acting career all within that span of time. That's got to be taxing not only on your body but on your mind. I can't imagine doing something like that. So to move on to our next little thing here for history, I just want to go over the actors and actresses for this movie because some of the names are pretty iconic cartoon-wise, but this movie doesn't really have a... It's really centered around Michael Jordan with little bits and pieces of these really well-known figures, like obviously Bill Murray and Larry Bird, among others. Uh, Michael Jordan himself, obviously Wayne Knight, who plays Stan in Seinfeld, a really popular show in the 90s, in Jurassic Park, and in Toy Story 2. He plays the Chicken Man, Hannah. I know you're a huge fan of the Chicken Man, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Teresa Randall, not many people know her. Huge 80s and 90s actor, plays Malcolm X, is in multiple films uh, in Bad Boys. Uh, so any Bad Boys stands up there, that belongs to you. Dan, you brought it up earlier. Billy West for Bugs Bunny and Elmer. We got Dee Bradley Baker for Daffy Duck and the Tasmanian Devil. Um, uh, uh, Kath, uh, Kath Susie plays Lola. I know Hannah, we can get into this conversation now because uh, you already brought it up in the first three minutes. Uh, give us your Lola rant while you're at it. Oh, gladly. So, I'm just going to give a little bit of background. I did not really know Lola Bunny by any means up until this past October, or late September area. So, September 2020, um, when Dom actually approached me and Dan and our other few friends in uh, in general. And it's like, we should do a space gym theme for Halloween. And so, naturally, being the only female of the group, I was Lola. 
And it was when I started looking at the costumes online, I realized how sexualized Lola is. And it didn't really occur to me how bad it was until I started watching the movie. Um, obviously, it's nice to see that Lola still has, like, some, like, personality to her. Like, when Bugs and that, another character, like, called her, like, a, like, a, like, a little pet name, she did not stand for it. She has talent in basketball, so she's not just eye candy. She actually has, like, some talent. So that was nice to see. But at the same time, like, and granted, it is the 1990s, so things were very, very different back then. Yeah. But at the same time, she's a bunny. Yeah. <laughs> she's a oh, bunny. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. was simping for her, as she should, like, period queen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yo, chill, it's a bunny. Well, an interesting plus thing. Plus one for New Legacy, definitely. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, both of you guys hit, basically nailed the, or hit the nail on the hammer here. 2021 Lola is not 1996 Lola. If you look at it, Thank even. God. Yeah, like, the, oh, literally. the terminology and, like, you know, they call her dog or whatever, like, in the old movie. In the new movie, she's, like, a couple, like, the stereotype in the 90s was, you know, skinny woman that looked, you know, like, 80 pounds, just the top, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then in nowadays, she talks more professionally and, you know, has the full full jersey, no skinny belly. It's just, like, you know, normal size. It, it really did show, I guess, Dan, that there was a difference between uh, 2021 and 1996. Oh, definitely. I, it's a definite loss for the new legacy, and we'll get into that when we talk about that for sure. But I was definitely glad to see that change, <laughs> if not for just to not encourage certain groups of people. Yeah, like I feel like, especially like movies like that we see is so nostalgic. Like even basic Disney Channel original movies, Disney Channel movies, Nickelodeon movies, Looney Tunes, like very basic but nostalgic like movies or shows. The main characters or the main females are always like very skinny, very petite, like 1990s Lola's character. So knowing that we are progressing forward and that Lola now has a full uniform, <laughs> has more depth to her, is just kind of relieving to think about, honestly. Yeah, and to, to emphasize, we're not criticized or we're, we're not... We're just pointing out what's happening in the time period. Obviously, we don't agree or just, or like, I think we're going to disagree that that is a little bit more of a stereotype, definitely, in the 90s. That was pretty bad. But it is part of the movie, so I guess we have to just take that, obviously, with the grain of salt. Two more characters that are notable. Uh, Bob Bergen plays Porky Pig, Tweety Bird, and Marvin the Martian. And then Bill Murray. I know, Dan, you're a huge fan of Bill Murray. Huge, huge Saturday Night Live star in the 70s and 80s. Academy nominee for Lost in Transition. Great movie. Uh, multiple good blockbusters, two Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, Kingpin, Caddyshack. Uh, do you have any Bill Murray ran for us, or uh, not really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Bill Murray. He plays such a. It's, uh, it was interesting going back and watching it, and like realizing wow, Bill Murray is barely in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is weird because he's in the climax. He's like what? He's pretty like what? important weirdly enough he, he does play po he does play point guard for that final uh that little final scene right that's my favorite scene oh, yeah. in the world when oh, like yeah. the like the main, like the main villain like i don't know like that's like the best part of the movie in my opinion when bill murray comes on the villain guy's like i didn't know we had bill murray in this or like something very like no no no, no, no. that's the thing i was just about to mention that he says i didn't know dan Aykroyd was in this picture who <laughs> yes. was another one of the ghostbusters i thought that was so funny yeah that was a good i love bill murray in this movie but one character i didn't like and i'm like i'm kind of hesitant to say it because i like the uh -oh. jurassic park um, Wait. Here, I've got it here. You don't, you don't like uh, Wayne um, Knight? Oh, uh, Wayne, Wayne Knight. I thought his character was so annoying, and I oh, like, he that said was it. totally, it was totally the point. It was totally the point. It's just, 
like you know some certain characters like spongebob it was too instance, much he's, he's annoying to squidward but not to the viewer <laughs> i thought wayne knight was annoying to me he's yeah. sweating at the sight of michael <laughs> jordan and i'm just sitting there like oh my god relax <laughs> like breathe <laughs> no, <laughs> so i guess you could say it worked like it, it got me to yeah it got me. <laughs> I said I have to agree with Dan on that one. I know he's there for comedic relief, but I feel like it was too over the top. Like he has the Looney Tunes who are known to be comedic. So I feel like that alone and like just the premise of the movie by itself is like funny enough without this over the top guy who's like, Oh my god, oh my god, do you need to give you a ride? Do, do you like you can like use me as a chair if you need to. <laughs> yes. Like, please, like use me as a footrest. Like yeah. anything. Just <laughs> a little much. That's a funny thing. <laughs> Exactly. So I think it was uh when Larry Bird he said um he was like hey that Stan character is pathetic I was like yeah he is. <laughs> yeah that, that's exactly that was right. Larry Bird's heat check right there. Yeah. So you that's a good point I am glad you guys brought that up because uh, Wayne Knight wasn't actually supposed to be in the movie uh, originally uh, I want to get into this a bit later but there were a couple of big name actors that you guys have probably heard of before that were scheduled to be in the role of Wayne Knight for Stan uh, the one I would have liked to see obviously impossible because of the time but Jonah Hill like super bad uh, Wolf of Wall Street him as a good Stan character I think would have been great um, oh, yeah, just a little what sure. if there if we had you know a time a time portal to go back 20 years I think that would have been good I had no idea he was up for like he, he was a possibility for that role that's interesting yeah we'll get into a couple of the big names later down the line so a couple of fun facts about this movie especially with dan bringing up the whole commercial thing so joe prick uh, uh Prichta, i forgot how you pronounce his last name not a huge movie guy he's only made two movies but he did work with three prominent organizations that at least i know two of uh, you know guys both know two of them uh partnership for a drug-free america which is one of those like late 2000s like pretty historical things the chimps commercial with jane goodall that y'all saw when we were like in first grade uh <laughs> like on those weird documentaries he did those and then he did work for pepsi cola for a pretty long time so oh. the com and most notably as dan pointed out historically worked with michael jordan and had a commercial with the looney tunes that spawned the creation of space jam in 1996 um a couple other things That's amazing yeah it's pretty it's pretty notable um do you guys have you guys seen any other basketball movies before or not really uh dan have you seen any basketball movies uh no <laughs> uh, not off the top of my head i probably have uh, Hannah, you definitely have not seen any other basketball um, movies. I think you know better than to ask me that question. <laughs> I, I knew that was a swing and a miss. Well, this is the highest grossing basketball movie of all time, for the record. In terms of it featuring, Actually, in terms of basketball, it is the, over everything, Hoosiers, White Man Can Jump, um, Love and Basketball, all, all those, all those movies. Those it, classics, I just don't know about. <laughs> it, it's because I'm old school, Hannah, you know the drill. <laughs> that's true, that's true, our history major. So a little history thing here, but I thought you guys have heard of some of these movies, but I want to give you guys the list of the 10 highest grossing films in 1996 in order of most uh, money made compared to last, because we know Space Jam is the last on this list being 10. Um, Independence Day, a pretty important movie back then. Twister, Mission Impossible, like the original one with Tom Cruise and all of them. Like y'all probably have know that one. Uh, the Rock, which I don't know if you guys really know. Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I know... A lot of us saw Hannah. You're jumping in the air right now on your camera. It seems like you've seen that movie before. That's that movie has a special place in my heart. Yes, me too. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, my personal favorite cartoon uh, growing up. 
Dan just popped on for that <laughs> He's one. He's back. I must have loved that movie too. Um, Ransom, I haven't heard of. The Nutty Professor's actually is a very underrated movie. I recommend you guys oh, check. Such a such a good movie. Yes, that's one. That's weird a weird one, but it's funny. We Never we seen might it. we'll have to watch it. We might cover that one on the pod eventually as like an underrated you know '90s fi- uh, film. And then lastly, Jerry Maguire, uh, not a popular one, but sports agent starring Tom Cruise, a pretty weird sports drama movie, but it's definitely up there. Um, I got to give you guys a little trivia thing. Uh, Dan, do you, can you guess how many Oscar nominations this movie received? Uh, zero. Han, how, how about you? I'm going to say five. So Dan got it right. There no, no Oscar nominations for this movie. It, I, I knew it. <laughs> it, it. Well, I couldn't say that too. Dan already said it. <laughs> I was well, like, no way this movie won an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> well... No way. That's what makes this movie so funny, I think, in retrospect, and we can all agree on this, or comment on if we start with Hannah on this one. It's a really good movie, but, like, in terms of entertainment, but you can agree that it's not a good movie in terms of production or, like, how it's the story. Like, it's just not, like, it's like a B-plus movie, but it's not, like, an A-minus or A-movie. It's good in the way that it's entertaining, but it's not, like, a film critic would give it a... Hey Dan, I'd like to point out that Dom said he's playing on papers, so that's really inappropriate for you. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this movie was really good. All right, go. Guys, I didn't know we had the Monstars versus the uh, basketball team on this pod. Yeah, (laughs) I call being the um, the Space Jam team. Wait, that's the movie. (laughs) The Space Jam team, hell yeah. Um, Go ahead, hand him on that. No, you're fine, Dan. No, I'm sorry. No, Dan, you can go. You're all good. <laughs> no, I said it already. All right, Hannah, you're up. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. The movie kind of reminds me of, like, very different sense, but more of, like, it's fun to watch, but you know it's not a good movie. Um, it reminds me of Monty Python, The Holy Crown, to be honest, <laughs> where it's like, you ha- you love it. Like, it's a classic. You love Monty Python, The Holy Crown, but at the same time, it's not gonna win any awards you watch it to laugh and just kind of like tune out and like not be serious for a minute like you can just enjoy yourself for a little bit we'll skip the oscar stuff for this movie because uh all of these big movies for as there much as, the, as much as there are classics you guys don't know any of them because uh i also don't know much of them uh we weren't we didn't grow up with these types of adult films you know in the late 90s it's kind of a weird era so um just a couple of quick fun facts. This movie made over $6 billion by the end when you count merch and uh, clothing and hats and all that sort of stuff. Um, other than that, we can get into the movie now. We're about 20-ish minutes in. Uh, Hannah, so our first category is going to be favorite scenes. So I just, we're just going to comment on a couple of scenes and we'll start with you and then move to Dan. First scene, I want to get your thoughts on this one. The I Believe I Can Fly intro that includes the title card and like all the images of you know Michael Jordan like playing the actual basketball games like with the real footage. Did you think that was a good start to the movie? Because I know you weren't the biggest fan. Okay, so like this is also just because I wanted to like get to the fun part of the movie. I think it was definitely interesting seeing Michael Jordan's career from like when like the like actor like the little actor is like, oh dad, I'm just I'm gonna play some more baskets up until like him like on the NBA and everything. Definitely thought it was interesting, I guess. But at the same time, I feel like it was long <laughs> i wish it was a little bit shorter but i'm also not a big basketball person so that might be one of the reasons why <laughs> well you know i'm the basketball junkie over on this scent. i think i think you bring up a good point though i thought it was like a couple minutes too long it felt more like a house of highlights 
eight minute video than it did an introduction. Dan, I know you're a tad bit more sporty. Did you like the introduction with all the little MJ dunks and flash highlights and all that sort of stuff? I'm not gonna lie. So, movie starts out and it starts playing I Believe I Can Fly and I, I'll be, I'll be completely honest and say I didn't like, I won't lie and say I didn't like crack a little bit of a smile because of like, I think that song has just been used so often in media for like comedic reasons. Like uh, someone's going for a big jump and they play I Believe I Can Fly and they fall, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I get that it's, it makes sense in terms of Michael Jordan's career but I couldn't help laughing just a little bit at the music choice, for sure. <laughs> um, I did like the montage. I thought it was pretty good. Can't beat the Space Jam theme. Now, uh, always good. Just like, <laughs> unironically, just sounds good to listen to. Like, obviously, it's funny because it's, like, it's the Michael Jordan Looney Tunes movie yeah. song, but it's like, it's a good song. So, and it fits. So, I, I enjoyed it, for sure. You bring up a good point with the I Believe I Can Fly song because what makes it pretty funny is that it was one of the first times it was used in a movie ever. And now now from our perspective, as you know, like 20, like, you know, 19 and 20 year olds, it's used all the time in every damn movie from the last decade. Even though, oh, yeah. even though it was never, it was rarely if ever used back in like 1996, which makes it funny. And it's why it got to such a popular stage eventually through the rest of these 20 years. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, one scene that I don't want to comment on, but I want to bring up real quick, uh, the We Need Something Looney scene, where they, we introduced Danny DeVito as, as the evil guy, the evil alien. Uh, I thought that was a pretty neat scene. Uh, Hannah, what's with the face? <laughs> that was Danny DeVito? Yes, oh my god. We, yeah, for, we what? We forgot to bring him in the, uh, in the character beginning, but yeah, that was Danny DeVito, uh, playing, uh... uh I didn't even need to look that up to know it was Danny DeVito. Okay, Dan, you think you're so cool, because you know it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> And that's. No, I just love Danny DeVito. That's all. You are Danny DeVito. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> It does bring up an interesting debate that I want to get into later of who had a better performance, Bill Murray or Danny DeVito, because they're only in the movie combined like ten minutes max worth of dialogue. But it's an interesting debate as to what I want to have that in a, a little bit. Um, Hannah, we'll start with you with this one. This is our next scene up on the favorite scenes list. Introduction of Bugs Bunny. What would you think of it? I thought it was kind of funny, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I like that the aliens came down to like, where's Bugs Bunny? And like, Bugs Bunny's like, listing off things are completely him. And then they're like, yeah. And he's like, I don't know. And this like, walks in and he goes, wow, people really are stupid. And that was like, so true. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what were your thoughts on the intro to Bugs? I mean, it's a perfect intro for who he is as a character, for sure. Like I said earlier, though, the first thing that stuck out to me was, was his voice, which... Ultimately, as I watched the movie, I got used to it. It just isn't the... The OG one. Like, it isn't the sound of his voice that I'm used to, which is weird because, like, as I said before, uh, Billy West is one of the greatest voice actors of all time, only second to Mel Blanc, Bugs Bunny's original voice actor. And in fact, Mel Blanc has actually endorsed, or I think before he passed away, he endorsed Billy West as his one true successor in that field. So it's a little bit weird to say that I just don't think he sounds right as Bugs Bunny, but it might just be because I'm so used to hearing a certain type of tone. Not even just in classic Bugs Bunny, but just in general. I don't know. I like Billy West, like, his voice doesn't really suit Bugs Bunny. It's not to discredit him at all. He's done amazing work over the span of his life as a voice actor, for sure. 
but the scene overall is good. He's doing like, he's doing all those things like Hannah was saying. It's got that like beautiful squash and stretch animation style. It's like it's a great scene. The 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 Bugs Bunny voice thing is an interesting debate that I'm glad you brought up because historically Bugs Bunny was on camera for about 30 issues until the mid to late 60s and then there's like this 20 year gap where they're kind of like revamping the franchise they don't go back on air with other new content until the late 80s with new like Looney Tunes shorts and with Space Jam especially they're kind of bringing back this old cartoon character and the rest of the gang you know Daffy and all those guys to this new generation of kids the ones that didn't grow up with Bugs or Daffy or Porky Pig or any of those uh, memorable names. And I think, Hannah, it really does show that this, like, those Looney Tunes characters really aged well historically in America. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting, like, how very certain brands are able to continuously revamp themselves and continue to stay as strong as they are. Like, the only other things I can think of that are the same is Disney. I think of Scooby-Doo and how they're still going strong. And honestly, not many others. Like, Tom and Jerry ended, a lot of the other classics. So the fact that um, Legion is still able to, fix, like, adjust what they need to adjust and move forward in order to still stay relevant and fun, I think that's really impressive. Uh, you bring up an excellent point there. I think after the Mickey Mouse and all those individuals you can argue looney tunes is probably the second best cast of characters of cartoon characters of all time especially because all the other competition is either you know smaller like the tom and jerry's and spongebob's where it's like they're groups but they're just not as they don't have that iconicness that uh, other characters have uh, for sure next scene i want to talk about dan we can start with you this is the introduction to mj's family and then my personal one of my personal favorite scenes with the looney tunes convention where bugs is you know tied up in chains and all the Looney Tunes characters there. We get the introduction to everybody. We get Daffy Duck's first appearance. What were your thoughts on introducing all the Looney Tunes characters uh, at that convention? I like the idea that, um, you know, MJ's kids are, like, watching Looney Tunes on TV. And Porky Pig interrupts and he says, uh, we, gotta, we, we have a cartoon union meeting we gotta go to. <laughs> and they step off screen. And, you know, instead of, like, a typical cartoon or a movie, it would cut to the next scene. It just stays there on that, like, scene. But they're just not there. Uh, it's... It's interesting that in this movie, it's they kind of the human world and like the Looney Tunes world exist in the same place on Earth, um, but they're just like separated, which I thought was cool. Um, just the fact that it's like a union meeting is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, and, it was good. Well, and and that's a good point because it, it history, it, like for the history nerds out there. So in other words, just myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, with the at the time with the whole era of bill clinton we just got through reagan and bush being anti-unionists and then clinton's kind of this like middleman where the the huge debate was the economy in the 80s and 90s it, it, it's all i mean it always is but especially before bush uh number two that was like a huge part of american life was everyday americans i think this movie does appeal to the everyday americans more on the looney tune side of this i really enjoyed them showing all of the characters because I never grew up personally watching all of the Looney Tunes characters. I remember watching Bugs Bunny and, you know, Elmer Fudd, watching uh, Roadrunner and uh, Wile E. Coyote, uh, and that's basically it. I think other than those two, I didn't grow up with the rest. So it's good. it was good to see, you know, Grandma and Chicken and some of those characters that you just forgot about that, like, were pretty funny. I know, Hannah, what do you want to say? Oh, I just want to say two things, because that was, like, going on, like, the whole union thing and, like, the history of it, and then Dan, like, how it's, like, Looney Tunes world is kind of connected to, like, the human world. 
I kind of like that despite that they, they know they're like cartoon characters, I think. They're like, like not mischievous, but like, they're like fun. Like that's their purpose. I think it's really they're interesting loony. to have a- yeah, <laughs> they're lo- exactly. they, need, they need something loony. <laughs> I think it's really interesting to have an element of like the normal world in there where like, you would never expect them to be like, oh yeah, we have a union meeting to go to because at the same time they're teaching Michael Jordan like, oh yeah, you can just stretch your arm or like a bunch of random things. Yeah. Like the type of like human. And then I just, I love Daffy Duck. I thought his entrance was so cute. I don't know, like, <laughs> he's, like, such an oddball character, but I love that for him. So, like, it's, he does it so well. Like, how he walks, he's like, this better be good. Yeah. And then, like, even, like, how, like, everyone, like, reacts the same to him. Like, in the later scene where they're announcing, like, the, the team. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love that, like, everyone's cheered on. <laughs> and then we get to Daffy and that's what makes this movie i think pretty memorable especially with this little looney tunes convention part this movie is funny i think i think even for our even as we're aging on to you know like we're adults now like technically but i'm talking more like the 35 to 40 year olds people who saw the movie back then and see it now still get a kick out of those types of scenes where they take those old cartoon characters just being themselves and it's what what made them so popular you know back in their golden years which i think is a pretty important thing to note um next, a couple scenes that we don't have to get into but just to uh, bring out uh the introduction of the monsters and then um all that sort of stuff just want to have them on there um dan uh, another scene that i thought was pretty important that i want you to touch on if you don't mind but the golf scene where michael jordan is playing golf with larry bird and bill murray and then wayne knight ends up showing up and literally michael jordan gets kidnapped uh, into the little hole and gets introduced to all the Looney Tunes. That whole segment right there, uh, what'd you think of it in general, like overall? And back to the the comedy of it, I think there are definitely like enough jokes that are just funny on their own, like taken out of their like time period. They're like still NBA is gonna need new talent, right? They're gonna have to look places they never looked before. I got a shot. <laughs> Him and MJ are both like, no. Well, first of all, first of all, you can't jump. And he says, it's because I'm white, can I? Isn't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the way that Bill Murray delivers his lines, too. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was MJ who says, this Larry's white. And Bill Murray's like, Larry's clear. Like, I, <laughs> I, it's so funny. It's just like, it was funny. I think for what little Bill Murray was in it, he definitely like gave the movie like a lot of like comedic moments and that whole golf scene in general is pretty good like it serves it makes sense because um that's how uh, michael jordan gets to like the looney tunes world um but then also it serves for some more um jokes later down the line when uh, i'm just i'm just gonna call him dennis because i forget uh wayne knight yeah, oh, because Dennis from Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's all I'm going to know him as. Uh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis. is digging the hole, and uh, the guy who's playing golf comes over. He's like, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm fixing a divot. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's fixing a divot. <laughs> and then later on, he's dug this massive hole, and that's where Bugs and Daffy come back to with uh, Michael's, like, shoes and his shorts. So it, like, isn't for nothing. They bring it back later, so that was funny. And, his, and historically, people forget if you're not a huge Michael Jordan, like, outside of basketball fan, but he was a notorious golfer. He would golf all the time, and so would Larry Bird. In fact, they would go play golf and, like, bet money on it. They would, like, gamble who would win over who, like, thousands of dollars. It actually was one of the big reasons why 
the media got on Michael Jordan's case in the uh, early 90s with the whole gambling thing with different like allegations and all this weird stuff which I think MJ wanted to kind of like partly poke fun at and then partly say like hey this happened but whatever because we have to remember this movie is made in 1996 it's only two and a half years after he retired because of all these different things so I think it's just a pretty uh, fun thing to just like take note of uh one scene that isn't much but it's more of a transition scene the Michael Jordan getting the rants by Bugs about how they're screwed with this basketball tournament or this basketball game is pretty fun Hannah we have this scene for you Lola's introduction to all the Looney Tunes characters let's let's hear it I don't know I think it was interesting for sure I kind of liked that she's first of all like introduced like she's attractive but don't fuck with her at the yeah. same time like, I like I like the fact that all like the Lunatunes characters were like blatantly struggling with basketball. Like they didn't know what they were doing. And they're like, oh, wait, we're getting someone else for the team. Then Lola comes in, she's like, I want to try out. And they're like, oh my God, she's so hot. And then they're like, oh, you're sure you can do it? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she kicks ass. And they're like, oh my God. And then she just like struts out. Like that was such a power move for no reason. <laughs> uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on Lola's introduction? Did, uh, what, 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 overall in general? Uh, well, yeah, it is what it is. She was a character that was just created for this movie for the explicit purpose of she is supposed to be attractive. That's the story. She was never a character before this movie. She wasn't? No, she was no. never a character, no. No, she was created for this movie. Bro, I did not know that. Yep. Wow. Yeah. She was never in any of the old... Uh, the old cartoons. Shorts. That almost makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, I would, well, I would say so. Well, that's what that's all. That's what makes it. That's how you know it was bad. Because then when they make the new movie, which again we'll have that debate in another episode, they co- totally correct her, and I think that that really does show the kind of like cleaning up the mess from you know the '90s. So I think that's that's probably one thing that the new movie edges out over the old one, at least in terms of a a marketing appeal and in terms of a you know standards type thing. Two scenes that are pretty fun for me, um, but we can rapid fire through them. Bugs and Daffy going to MJ's house with the dog and sneaking in is hysterical. Oh, we've got to talk about that dog. We've got to talk about that dog. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> D- Dan, Dan, you're... Uh, no, that dog is so clearly not even, like, a foot tall, but they <laughs> CGI, they, like, green screen it into looking like this massive dog. Like, what is his name from, um, the Sandlot? What was the dog's name? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, my gosh. Um... Oh, it's not like God, a, I'm not going to remember. Yeah. Like a massive Cujo-type dog. But it's so clearly just like a small little, like, bulldog. And like, <laughs> I think they used a prop. In the beginning of the movie, they used a prop when he tackles Michael Jordan. And it's so clearly like a fake little rubber thing. Because no, like, no one would ever get knocked to the floor from that little dog. And especially, like, when they, like, CGI, like, sharp teeth onto it when he's got, a, when he's got his shorts. It's fun. you can laugh at it, like you can laugh at it, not with it, but it's like <laughs> not with it, not, it's not something, with it. but it's it's laughing either way. It's still entertaining. Did you did we can have an opinion on this, Hannah? Did you think that was done on purpose, or did you think they just like screwed up the CGI? I kind of think they just screwed up the CGI. Oh, I thought they did on purpose for like comedic effect. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like because like the rest of like the entire movie itself is not taking itself seriously. So I feel like obviously I might be completely wrong, but I feel like with that in mind, like the whole like it's it's supposed to be fun and like funny and like goofy. I think they did it on purpose. 
It also has my favorite quote from the movie. This little scene where uh, Daffy said, or uh, Daffy goes, "How about we call our team the Ducks?" and uh, Bugs Bunny goes, "Please, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would name themselves the Ducks?" Which is funny on several fronts. So first off, historically, if you guys did not know this, did you guys ever watch the show growing up called The Mighty Ducks? It was like a '90s TV show with like the little the little Daffy or what's his name, Do- the little Donald Ducks. Oh, no, I know the name. I never saw it, though. So that was created to poke fun of that show because it came out four years earlier than the movie coming uh, being produced. So I thought that was a pretty fun thing. But obviously, the elephant in the room here is the Walt Disney World versus Looney to- or, uh, Warner Brothers clash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> both in animation, historically, both rebirthing at the same time. Mickey Mouse versus Bugs Bunny, the whole gang fighting on the whole gang. I think that... That really was a good way to poke fun of that because it, nobody usually pokes fun of Disney unless you're South Park or Family Guy. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. I, I wonder if they paid MJ, you know, a couple thousand dollars, so, you know, get that dig in there. Oh yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> you want to talk about something that would never fly nowadays? Not because of like, uh, like you know, curses or like uh, sexualization or something like that. Uh, the scene where. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if it's Daffy or Bugs. They're going. They're going through um, Mother Jordan's house, and one of them says, "Like, hey, you know all that merch with our faces and like likeness on it? Uh, you ever see any money from all that stuff?" And, and I think Daffy says, "Not a cent." Like, yeah, that's <laughs> such a good scene. Though. Yeah, that was so funny, and it would never like because you know it's speaking about like the most money making thing in animation is the merchandising more often than not, especially in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Cartoons were only made for merchandising to promote a toy or like a product line, something like that. And I think today, especially that would that would never fly. I feel like <laughs> with everything going on in our world today, a yeah. jab at like corporations and things like That's that. That would never. That would not work. They, they will love that joke one. about. They joke about being property of uh, Warner Brothers picture and Daffy Duck, like you know, he like kisses. Yeah, I was about like, to bring that up. Yeah, he kisses he kisses Warner Brothers ass like quite literally. Yeah, like that's funny, but like a direct like we see no money from these products, which oftentimes animators don't. I think would never make it through the censors. Well, I that was really really funny. And another like nerd thing here, but remember we're in the era of the '90s here, where it's you know a lot of deregulation, not no very minimal government, all that sort of you know political thought. So as a result, they can do that and get away with it because there is no all that sort of stuff kind of hasn't existed yet, at least compared to nowadays. So just a fun little thing there. But speaking of Daffy's you know humor. Because Hannah brought it up earlier. The next scene I want to talk about is the introduction to the game. So when they line up all the little Looney Tunes characters, they really do the little huddle. I think it's a pretty funny scene. Hannah, you, uh, you want to elaborate more on that since you brought it up earlier? I don't know. I just think it's funny because even it just shows that, I don't I think it's like the same continuation. I can't think of English right now. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My brain's shut off. But um, I think I really like that scene because, like I said earlier, like, how no one, like, cheers him on. It just, it's so, like, right with, like, the entire atmosphere about Daffy and, like, everyone gets cheered on. I think even the grandma who's a cheerleader gets cheered on, if I remember correctly, which I might not. But, like, even if she wasn't, she would have been. I don't know, just, like, very interesting that, like, it's so unanimous that no one cheers for death, be like, not a single collab. He's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, okay. I'm like, I would, I would cheer for Daffy. 
So, Dan, I'm going to ask you this question because this is our next scene. It's only about like 30-ish seconds long, but I thought it was hilarious and needs to be brought up. Is the the scene where the mouse enters the game off the bench the best minute of cartoon comedy that you've seen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, um... He's like, I really like basketball. Yeah. You look like a really good at basketball. Like, <laughs> That's exactly his I voice, too. <laughs> I don't even know what that character is. I, I I'm, think I'm pretty familiar with a lot of, like, the, like, background characters of Moon Tunes. Like, in certain scenes, you can see, um... Uh, the frog with the hat and the cane. It says like, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey." If you ever seen like that clip, yeah. Um, I saw like Slowpoke Rodriguez in like the background of one of the shots, which is like the slow cousin of like Speedy Gonzalez. So I know, like, I feel like I know a lot of the little like side characters, but I had no idea who this mouse was, and it was still funny too. Like, I got like the premise: it's a little mouse talking in a little voice. And then the big monster, like, steps on him. It's my, my pretty funny. My favorite's where he goes, like, my mama always taught me. Literally, and then that boom, he just gets, you know, nailed with the... <laughs> yeah, and I think that's another point to the fact that even if you really don't know who these characters are or, like, the jokes that might have been topical at the time, they're still funny, which I think does wonders for um, the movie's aging. And like speaking of aging, I don't know. I don't know what kind of. I don't mean to derail things, but can we talk about the CGI? As a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, as a pretty... bad thing. No. I was... way. Okay, I, mean, I think given the time period, it was well really at the good. time for sure. But it's not that time. It's it's the present right now. We gotta talk about how yeah. it's aged. It so, has not been kind. Well, well, can that for a bit? Because I actually have a couple thoughts on that. Because historically, it, it's a pretty. Yeah, Dan, can it for a bit? <laughs> No, I'm glad. I'm glad Dan brought that up. I, I, I'm very, very proud of you, Dan. Congratulations. They really appreciate it. <laughs> um, Don't cheer him on. <laughs> um, another scene that's pretty memorable, just because of the story, but the MJ Looney Tunes halftime scene that includes the um, finding out that they stole the basketball powers from the NBA players with uh, Wayne Knight, which I we can't bring up because I think Dan might leave the Zoom call if we bring him up one more time. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, he served his purpose. Next. <laughs> and that's it and that's one way to put it um uh next scene i think is pretty fun this is arguably my favorite scene but the mj timeout scene that is created and that we recreated for halloween and includes bill murray's funniest couple minutes and includes the final play with them winning the game uh hannah i know we you were a big fan when we recreated that scene back in october because of how iconic it was um and obviously, you saw the end of this movie, and it was a pretty funny, you know, like, three to five minutes. Uh, do you want to just uh, tell us some things about it? Yeah, so, I don't know. I just, like, so, obviously, um, we did Space Jam as a Halloween theme, and we, like, we had to recreate that iconic, like, picture, like, from that scene where they're all just, like, looking, and it was beautiful. But I love Bill Murray's entrance into yes. this scene so much, because he comes literally out of nowhere. And, uh, like, even later on, they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, someone just pick me up and drop me off i'm like what like it's yeah. just he's really placed there not for comedic value but for like pure luck because everyone else on like their team was completely like obliterated so we literally just like, so, just, like yeah i'm here to play the basketball and I'm glad you brought that up because that timeout scene includes the my favorite shot of the movie, which is them showing all the injured Looney Tunes. There's like Tweety Bird on like the little like oxygen tank thing with like the thing breathing up and down. It's yeah, got the, the iron lung. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's got the Tasmanian devil, like, in, like, chunks. It's not... Grandma's, like, in a neck brace. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. And if you, like, screw the Tasmanian devil, like, you must be intense. Oh, my God, yes. Um, <laughs> one of... Danny, that's what I said? One of the, uh, one of the characters you might have missed. Especially, it was hard to see, especially if you didn't know, like, some of the Looney Tunes characters. There was one, there was one short in the original, like, series with, like, a vulture... And, like, the mom is trying to, like, push the vulture out of the nest, and he goes, like, go, 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 It's that vulture, but his entire, like, face and body is wrapped up in bandages, and I think he's sitting right next to yes, um, yes. my knife. So he'll, like, look around, but it's it's really hard to tell that it's even him, because it's just, like, a shape. You can barely tell it's, like, a bird, even. <laughs> but I saw that, and I was like, yeah, oh. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I want to touch on something Hannah brought up because it's actually a very fun fact. But in the movie, Bill Murray comes out of nowhere and he said, somebody goes, how did you get in here, Bill Murray? And he answers, I know I knew a producer or two or something along those lines. He actually knew in real life the producer, one of the producers for the movie. So they used that line kind of to like poke fun at that. Again, if you've never seen this movie before, didn't know that it's like something you would never pick up. But it, I thought it was a little neat thing when I did the research, how cool that was. I think it's like I I love movies, especially like ones such as Space Jam. They're like like they're supposed to be a joke. Like they don't take themselves overly serious. I just it has a very like I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Like the fact that like they can be like, Oh yeah, we just he just picked me up and dropped me off after like we like watched how like not strenuous, but like how long it took to yeah. like get into the Looney Tunes world or like we don't even know where the basketball court is. Like, probably going to be on another planet. Like, I don't know. So, if I thought he's like, yeah, no, the producer just drove me. I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. And, well, I love movies as much as it hurts the the actual ratings of the movie. I do love when there's a lot of sarcasm in a movie like this one, for instance. My personal all-time sarcastic movie is one that I don't know if you guys have heard of, but it was on Discover Channel. Um, of course it was. For, for Shark Week. Does anybody know Sharknado? Like, all those movies? Oh, oh, I've never classic. seen it, but I, I you know all You want to talk about now. classics of the film genre? Oh, up there with Kubrick's best. <laughs> For it, it's like the winner of the shittiest acting, shittiest plot, and shittierest movie. But it's so damn, but it's so damn funny for every reason of it being the sarcastic, make fun of everything type film. I don't know what you're talking about. Best movie of all time. <laughs> um, obviously, you've never seen Velocipaster. Oh, so. oh my god, <laughs> not not that movie. Yeah. Dom, Dom, side note: Can we do a crappy movies pod where we all just talk about crappy movies that we love for no reason? Oh my, well, I've got I forget the name of it. There's one that came out the year of Saving Private Ryan because the only reason I know of it is I made a joke about it when I wrote a piece before. It was Shakespeare and Love won the Oscar over. Um, Saving Private Ryan, but there was like a terrible movie that year that's just the funniest thing ever. It's the most 1990s movie ever. So maybe we can watch that one because it was one of the worst movie covers I've ever like looked at. It looked like somebody like threw up on a paper. So maybe we can that's do. That's what a, I like to see. That's what I like to hear. So we'll do. We'll have one for sure. Uh, two more scenes. I know as much as Dan hates it being overused, but the I believe I can fly scene at the end with MJ coming back. I thought it was just like a little neat thing. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. What I am a huge fan of is the ending with um, him being back on the court and, you know, kind of putting it back in the main timeline. Um, what did you guys think of the ending, like, overall? So, like, the last, like, ten or so minutes. Uh, we'll start with Hannah for this one. I thought it was really sweet. I mean, it was definitely a feel-good type of movie. Like, jokes and all aside, it was supposed to, like, make you happy. So I feel like 
the tying into everything where it's just like he's back to where he belongs not like he can't do anything else. you know what i mean like yeah. that like basketball is what he's known for and that's what makes him happy so i think that was just really nice to see and like all those like not teammates but like his our basketball player friends are like let's go he's like yeah you know <laughs> uh jan what were your thoughts on the ending i thought the whole not like concept but like the the way that they kind of incorporated this movie as if it really happened in the span of Michael Jordan's life was like that, like that, that was a good move. I thought that was like clever. It's not not like it's a yeah clever. It's not like it's a, like a revolutionary idea, but you know you can you can make the joke say oh yeah Space Jam is canon. Uh, it really it really happened. He really played baseball in the movie like in real life like, and I think that montage towards the end was really nice i think the music was fitting um and yeah on a, I, I thought it was good for sure honestly this is a fun fact and i feel like i should be a little bit embarrassed i was not aware that michael jordan actually played baseball for a little bit i don't know it's like when he said like in the beginning of the movie he's like yeah i'm taking a break to play baseball i laughed so hard <laughs> so like, that would never happen and now we're talking yeah. about i was like oh and, <laughs> like, he, and he was just as terrible in the actual uh in, in real life right Dom, you know more about that than i would right yeah that's the interesting point that both of you guys brought up is that historically the beginning and the end really tie in the movie of when it's taking place because in the beginning, we see that first scene with MJ and his father, and MJ was really close with his father. And if you've seen The Last Dance or just know about Michael Jordan, his father dies tragically. They never find a cause for months as to, like, how he died. And it's one of the reasons why Michael Jordan retired, because the media started doing these things like Michael Jordan's dad was in a gang, and, like, he owed a lot of money and they killed him. Or Michael Jordan wanted his dad dead or stuff like that. That's awful. Yeah, oh my and, God. And, and again, it was just an, a 90s thing where it's just a story the media was looking for. It's not, we're not going anti-media here. It's just saying it, it's what happened. It's, it's, it was natural. They wanted a story. They came up with theories that everyone knew both detective-wise and logistically was impossible. And then furthermore, it gets put on by, as Dan points out, with, um, with the end, how it kind of really ties in the whole story of how he comes back to play basketball and really has a second phase of his career that results in three titles, uh, uh, two no three MVPs uh, or no two MVPs, a couple other you know major accolades, and it really was a, a nice way to tie it all up. Um, we could move on to our next category here. I think this is one that uh, you guys both have a lot of content on. We could start with uh, uh, Dan for this one. Um, Dan. Uh, our first, our first next, our next category is things that age well in this movie. What were some of your favorite things from this movie um, overall? Is this like aged well, as in like so yes, it, it, actually aged well, or like aged well as in like so not actually? Well. <laughs> so we have, so there's two parts of this. So the first part that I want to cover now is like things that you saw in the movie that like when you, you you watched it now and you remember watching it before were really good. We're still really good, and they will still really be good. You know, two decades from now. Uh, the 2D animation, for sure. The Looney Tunes antics, those are classic. Those are never going to... That whole style is never really going to age. It'll always be, like, what it is, for sure. Um, uh, I'd argue Bill Murray. Bill Murray probably aged very well in this movie. 
Oh yeah, Bill Murray is funny as always. A lot of the comedy works. It will continue to work. I don't really see that. It's not a lot of like current event type humor. So I think that I don't think it'll get any less funny, which is a which is a really good thing. Um, I That's think, just what I think of off the top of my head. Yeah, the the two big ones for sure are the Looney Tunes still being hilarious as hell. Because even watching this movie now, based off the last hour or so, we found it hysterical, especially with all the different moments where they just got to be themselves they got to be the characters that people grew up with and that people are still going to grow up with you know 100 years from now i think bill murray aged well i think for as much as people hate it um the whole thing with the monsters and like the the origin behind why they have to play the basketball game i thought was like pretty neat i'm glad they kind of went that direction instead of you know it's the generic we have to save the human race but instead of being the or like the earth but instead of being the earth it's just the looney tunes characters it's just a nice little spin-off from that uh, sort of genre um, Michael, jo- I mean Michael Jordan's acting because it's the only big movie he was in, and I thought it was like pretty, pretty decent. He wasn't the worst actor in the world. Uh, Hannah, you have some things that age well? No, I just, I don't necessarily like, age well. I think it did personally, but like that, like I found funny, but like, like very comedic was when on um, basketball players who lost their skill. Yes, went into like that age well. Teller. I, because you know, I'm very much into like horoscopes, astrology crystals all that you, you so are when the, crazy, <laughs> right um who would have thought no but um when the, when she like told them exactly what happened they're like there's no way i was like oh that's so funny <laughs> yeah no that was that was a hysterical scene dan you were gonna say something oh, i was just laughing <laughs> i'm really funny so obviously he's laughing of course oh my god um, that sucker in your mouth, inappropriate. Not during the podcast. <laughs> You're gonna choke, and I'm gonna laugh at you. <laughs> um, did you say is that a sucker? Yeah, it's Dom, cut this. Dom, cut this part out. Hannah, what did you just say? Oh, <laughs> uh, don't, don't make me pull the editing card on you guys already. We were an hour in so well. Oh my god. <laughs> you mean a lollipop? A sucker. Oh my lord. So speaking of things, Dan, your life is so Sorry, no. no, so so speaking of things that didn't age well, um, that's like Dan's life. So roasted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, bozo. Let him do his podcast, Hannah. Let, 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 let's kick her off. Uh, nah. no, let's kick Dan her off. Get her out. Well, what well, we well we can do a basketball game for that <laughs> one, right? We're gonna make Dom edit this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm just keep this okay. in. Oh my god! No, no, no. All right, all right. We're getting back to it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll keep it out. I really don't. It's... I'm, I'm sorry for Hannah. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're alive. Okay. This really is the Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck relationship on camera here. It's great. Oh, me and Dad are those kind of besties that hate each other, but like besties. Like we don't actually hate each other because that's my bestie. That's so, funny you said that because I immediately said I'm Bugs. <laughs> so, oh, whoa! <laughs> so. <laughs> The next category is things that did not age well. We'll start with Hannah on this one. So I know the Lola thing, we've obviously hammered home the point. We can bring it up one more time. Other than the Lola bit, what did you think not age well? Unless you have something else, Hannah, that you want to bring up about that. Oh, no, definitely like the whole Lola thing. Like, I'm not going to continue on that rant because I think everyone gets my point with that. I did not like the fat shaming humor with... With Wayne Knight. I can't remember. I, I hated it so much. I know it was a different time. That was unfortunately way more acceptable when the movie was made but his like everyone the character like everyone like mentioned his weight that he was stupid and annoying like honestly i know he's supposed to be like the annoying character that everyone like laughed at but i feel like including his weight is a reason to laugh at him 
really, really ticked me off. And I like, I, I, it's a different time. It's a different time. But that like personally did not age well for me at all. Like I remember I was texting you and Dan about like how upset it was making me because I just no. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think what didn't age well. Uh, first off, besides Lola, Stan's character was absolutely not good. I thought it was the idea was for it to be a comedic second guy next to Michael Jordan. And I thought, as much as I love uh, Wayne Knight because I really like the OG Jurassic Park, didn't like the character at all. I thought that it was just an odd fit, uh, cir- uh, circle peg in a square hole type thing. It just was not going to happen. Uh, he said peg. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to make Dom, Dom do a lot of editing for this one. <laughs> oh, we're keeping this all in. That's that's how this film... You messed it. <laughs> this is all you guys. <laughs> um, I think what... Am I, don't I know. the Dwayne of this podcast? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think what also didn't age well, the only thing I'm complaining about, I think it's just part of the legacy, but I really... It's a funny film, but it's not a great film. I think that's the bottom line. It, it's it's one of those where I would, re, I would rewatch it, to go back down memory lane and to, you know, watch it with my kids or watch it with even like some of you guys who have seen the movie before and just want a little bit of entertainment for an hour and a half. But I don't think it's going to go down besides the, the, the merchandise part it, and Michael Jordan, obviously it won't go down as one of the best movies of all time for sure. Um, I kind yeah. of agree with you on that. Cause I was thinking exactly what you said, but when that like, the only reason I watched it is you're like, yeah, let's, we can do a podcast on this and talk about it. Cause a new movie is coming out. So I feel like unless you actually have a reason to watch space jam, such as like, I'll just rewatch the old ones. So we understand what's going on in the new one or like, Oh, we're doing this for Halloween costume. Let's watch it. Or like something along those lines. You really ha- don't have a need or desire to watch space jam. Dan, what are some things that you thought didn't age well besides if, uh, or if you want to elaborate on some of the stuff we brought up, um, well, definitely, you already know how I feel about Wayne Knight's character. I just thought, you can have an annoying character, for sure, but when it's not, like, it doesn't complement well. Michael Jordan in any way. Like, he wasn't, like, the polar opposite, like, conflicting viewpoint to Michael Jordan. He was just, like, to me, like, an annoying fan. And that's, like, I get his purpose was to be annoying, but he was annoying to me as well as all the characters. And so I feel like that's much, much, much worse than just being annoying to the characters. Because you can be annoying to the characters and still like the character. Like I said earlier, like SpongeBob or certain or similar yeah. things. You can still like the character as a viewer. Here, Hannah. Like for Wayne Knight, it was just not the same. So, Hannah, real quick, um, before I get to you, I think the all time comedic character like sidekick is probably wolf or uh, not wolf wall street um the hangover with zach galifianakis in terms of it just being the stupid funny character that provides comedic relief but also is not annoying because i think the key thing is like there's a moment where in this movie by like the middle of it especially with the halftime scene i'm just like wayne it's just like get out like it, the, i already lost it the first 15 minutes and then i lost it after the first 90 minutes i think that's a problem hand do you have something to say I was going to kind of go off what you two just said about, like, the characters, like, can be annoying to all the other characters in the movie, but, like, you should still like them. Or, like, even an obsessed fan, like, has, like, a certain level. I The first thing I thought of when Dan said that was my favorite comedy, Blades of Glory, which I made you both watch with me. And, like, how Jimmy Mouth I've, seen, I've like, seen it so many times. Anyways. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, no, it's such a good movie back so and how like jimmy malcroy like has like that one crazed fan and like while like you know the fan's crazy like he's like i'm gonna wear your skin someday jimmy and like really creepy stuff 
Wait, is it it's Hector? Fun. Hector. Oh, we love Hector. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Hector, you know I have a restraining order on you. <laughs> so it's just like, their chemistry is also so much better. And like, it fits. Whereas like, what's his face? And... <laughs> Michael yeah. do not work together at all. D- Dennis and My- Michael Jordan don't work. <laughs> but um, I, like, yeah, I don't remember his name. Like, that's how much I disliked his character. Or, like, he was just so not memorable except for the bad reasons. So, yeah, I had to try, actively try and remember his name because I just couldn't remember his name. I only thought of Dennis. So, Dan, I want to give you this question first because our next category is kind of like fun fact type things. Number one, which I thought was the most interesting, was the role of Stan because there were three prominent characters that could have played Stan that all turned down the role. Michael J. Fox, who plays Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Um, Jason Alexander, who's the bald guy from Seinfeld, the, one of the most popular TV shows, if not the most popular ever, especially in the 90s. And then Chevy Chase, who wrote for SNL during his time as a comedian. Dan, I know you're not. I don't think you probably know too much about Chevy Chase, but would Marty, the guy who played Marty McFly, or the guy who played a main character on a comedic show in Seinfeld, have been better than Wayne Knight? I think mm, Michael J. Fox. The the way this character is written, as an obsessive fan, I think he's not written as an obsessive fan, but. No, well, he kind of is, I guess, right? Remember in that scene when he's driving yeah. him home, he's saying, yeah, I followed your entire career. I think you're just the best of all time. I think a younger kid like Michael J. Fox could have worked a lot better. But then again, him being a publicist, you know, like the, like young kids aren't like, or young adults, I should say, aren't publicists. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that would have been a little weird. Like, why is this... If he was, it's weird. Him being a publicist isn't really that important. So I feel like almost if you took out that part about him being a publicist and just had him be like something like uh, like an intern type character, like a little errand boy, having Michael J. Fox in that role yeah. would have been perfect. That would have worked extremely well. If, for instance, Wayne Knight was the errand boy, that wouldn't really work. So he doesn't look at that kind of part. So I think for that character to have worked, something would have had to change either the actor or the role itself to fit completely. Like, this isn't a huge deal. I'm going on a massive tangent about this. But it's really not that big of a deal in the overall scope of the movie. But I think if those changes were to have happened, I feel like it would have been better off so, no, but I, I kind of agree with Dan. I don't know, because I was thinking, like, how, like, that would have been much funnier, because I was thinking, like, how, like, the Aaron boy was just kind of there. Like, unlike Bill Murray, like, who was driven, that, like, the Aaron guy just, like, kind of accidentally ended up in the loop. I was like, I don't know why I'm here, but, like, I... The the debate here is, is, is the actor wrong or is the character wrong? And I think... Because on the one hand, so Jason Alexander, the guy who plays this prominent role in Seinfeld, would have been the perfect guy if, if Wayne Knight wasn't in the role. Seven Golden Globe, or four Golden Globe Awards, and seven consecutive Emmy Award nominations. At the apex, a peak for 90s comedy, especially with the sarcasm and that sort of stuff. If they had written the exact character that way, he would have been perfect. I like Dan here, though, if they had written the character different. I think the guy who played Marty McFly would have been perfect. I also think, we don't know much about this because we weren't, this is way before our time, but even Chevy Chase, though, 
as just a comedian who wrote for SNL, he would even fit the mold better as just like a a sarcastic guy, more along the Bill Murray lines than the the Wayne Knight lines. But I thought that was just a fascinating debate to have. Um, uh, a couple other things before we kind of wrap up today's pod. Um, in terms of fun facts, I don't know if you guys knew this, but there actually almost was a Space Jam sequel after the original movie came out. So we know of the sequel, like the Space Jam sequel with LeBron, like in 2021, but in 90... 90- Wow, I've, like, been so underground about this new one. Sorry. Gotta watch the second movie. We got it. Which we'll get into for sure. Originally, Michael Jordan verbally agreed, either as a joke or on purpose or what, as to play the role again for a second movie. Dan, do you have more information on this? Mm. Uh, After I saw the second movie, um, I think I saw someone on YouTube talk about this. There were a bunch of planned, and correct me if I'm wrong, there were a bunch of planned sequels. Yes. Plan, planned is very loose because none of them ever went farther than, I think, a script at the very, very most. But there was, if I, now again, correct me if I'm wrong, Golf Jam, Skate Jam, um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking, but like along that line, right? Wow, I didn't even I didn't even know that to be honest. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, I think I think what makes it funny is that like it, I don't think it would have been a good movie. I really think if they had a sequel a year or two after the OG movie came out, I don't think it would have been a great movie. I think Hannah, you're agreeing with me on this one for sure. It would have been way too soon. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, a couple other fun facts. Michael Jordan ended up picking the songs, or at least helped contribute to picking the songs for the soundtrack. Um I think we agree that most of them were either good or above average, but you can argue the I Believe I Can Fly song, whether because we grew up with it or not, was ver- probably overused a bit. I thought it was personally fine. Uh, other fun facts, the producer's quote by Bill Murray, because he actually knew the producer, I thought was pretty fascinating. Uh, we can get into this last part of our debate, because we touched on it earlier about 20 minutes ago, but the animation side of this thing. Dan, you had argued that the animation isn't as good at least compared to now do you think the animation was still good for it back then because i'd argue yes for that like tentatively that what made it really good is that the 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 difference between the looney tunes of the 30s 40s 50s and 60s and the looney tunes in the 90s were very different how they like appear and i thought that was pretty fascinating to say the least the 2d animation without a doubt is beautiful Uh, i don't think that'll ever stop being beautiful what I meant when I said, when I was talking about the animation was specifically the CGI, the 3D animation. Uh, and this was the late 90s. It was still a very, very new thing. And it makes complete sense for it to be in a theatrical film like this. Um, in a limited capacity that it was because it wasn't... For our time right now, it's easy to look back and say this looks terrible because it's dated. It was a very, very early uh, adaptation of such a new technology. But it can't be ignored that we aren't watching it back in the 90s. We're watching it right now. And it does not age very well as of now. I'm in agreement with half. I think for the time, I thought it was very good. Because what they were doing with those Looney Tunes characters is something they haven't done before. Because remember, in the olden days, a lot of 2D, a lot of the faded color, 
that sort of mentality. And I think they did a good job with that. But I'd argue, similar to you, that the CGI and some of the technology they used back then compared to, you know, 20 years after the fact with right now, definitely is not as good uh, for sure. That, that's just a quick debate I wanted to have. We'll start with Hannah for this last question. Great. Overall, we thought it was a pretty decent movie. Great to rewatch. What, just a final thesis on what you thought about this movie as a whole. Would you run it back if you had to see this movie, you know, five years from now? And stuff along those lines. Just something pretty basic, like one minute or so. Okay. Um, I definitely did like the movie. Um, as for, like, what I watched again, I mean, yeah, like, if there's a reason for me to watch it or just, like, in a really nostalgic mood for it for some reason, I would. Um, I don't think it's an amazing movie by any means, but at the same time, we just want to watch something without, like, fully watching it and just seeing something very lighthearted. I think it's a good choice. And, Dan, how about you? I mean, yeah, it's a great movie, uh, especially if you're not looking too deep into it. For what it is, it's a simple, fun movie. Yeah, there's no underlying tones or messages or themes. It's, it's basketball with Looney Tunes. It's really fun. Well, it's, it's personally two of my favorite things ever, which is basketball and, you know, comedy featuring characters that are iconic as hell. And I think that's definitely up there for sure. That's all the time we have for this episode. Hannah, this was your second episode. We hadn't had you on in basically months. Uh, thank you so much for joining, for sure. Glad to have you on. And then Dan, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> Hannah, you can say bye. You don't have to be shy about wow. it. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you still going. <laughs> you're fine. Oh, my God. So, Hannah, thank you for you uh, for being on for the second time. And then, Dan, your first podcast on the Doug with Don Pod. Definitely want to have both you guys on again. So, uh, just pleasure for joining. Seriously. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. me. I'm sorry you had to deal with Dan for the entire time. But, like, it's okay. And there will be more Film Fridays out there for sure. I definitely want to have you guys on for more films. But that's all the time we have today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out all the other episodes available on the pod.